We're up and running. Okay, deadly. Okay. Constantly varied. We're on episode 19. 19. But do you know what's weirder? You just posted the other day. Nearly 500, 500 episodes Bullcast of Bootcast. 500? Yeah. That's an awful lot. Yeah. yeah, I was surprised with that. So uh, we're flying. Um, before we get into this discussions, I'm here with Gillian and James this week. Um, James Hi guys, thanks for having me back. Oh God. <laughs> before, before we get G- here from Gillian properly, uh, James has told me to uh, recommend we go follow Spotify. Sp- follow Bootcast on Spotify, is that right? Go on to Spotify into Bootcast and click the follow button. You absolutely slaughtered that. <laughs> I slaughtered that. You had one job. I did. You had one job. Please and thank you. It would be great. We don't ask you to do anything other than listen to the show, but if you could follow it, it would mean... So you get a ping then as a new show. You never miss it. You get a notification. I just followed it yesterday. <laughs> so you got a new follower. 500 episodes and you're like, yeah, maybe I'll start I'll start listening to this. But, uh, so when you go on yeah. here, you go on Spotify, you go to Bootcast and you follow. Simple. And we have hundreds of followers apparently already. Um, it's harder than you think to do this. Yeah, so it's not on an episode. You just go to the actual channel. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, this is not something that we should be doing on air. This is why Jillian doesn't do this every week. <laughs> yeah, she's a bit extra. We're gonna start this week not with a training check-in like normal. We're actually gonna go with a life check-in. I want to hear how everything's going, James. Start with you. Start with me. Wow. Um, life is full on at the minute. Uh, obviously, things with Paige, she's getting much more active, which feels initially like a little bit of freedom because she can like entertain herself. But what it actually turns into is she's now much more demanding of everything all the time. So if you're not paying attention, it's like she takes your phone. <laughs> no dada hmm. and like moves it out of the way she wants you to like she just wants me to sit and look out the window with her which is like super lovely for a minute but then whenever <laughs> she wants to do it for ages <laughs> and if you do anything other than what she wants loses her shit like that gets hard like after a long day at work you're like babe i just want to chill here and she's like no you'll sit there and look out the window <laughs> and it's on the ground she wants to sit we have like a little window it's maybe like eight inches wide and it's just a long one that looks into the back garden, but like where the bins are. <laughs> nice. And she's like, da da. And I have to go sit beside her and I'm just on the floor in a doorway, like stuck. She so just likes it. She loves it. Loves it's a bit just, of company. And she won't let Jill do it. That's the best thing. It's like, it's uh-huh. a, a page and dada thing. So there's that little side of me is like, this is Whopper. And then the other side of it, like, I just want to lie. The there's there's, there's the bins. <laughs> there's the bins. And there's no view. Yeah, exactly. So, She's fab, but like not without the stress that comes with being a parent. Um, things here are going pretty good. I had a really fun morning coaching. Um, trying a th- few things in coaching at the minute. I was talking, I was going to say the other week, it was actually about five episodes ago, I think, about the eye contact in classes. So I've got pretty comfortable with that now. I think I'm doing pretty well with it. So I'm chasing some other stuff now, one of them being... I was talking to Jose about this yesterday. I'm trying to give people more autonomy in the class. I realized I got into the habit of telling people what to do and how to do it for everything all the time. And then whenever it gets to things like game day, people, I was asking them about their strategy and they were like this. And I was like, no, wrong. Here's your strategy. I was like, I, and I knew what I thought was better than, than what they thought. But I realized that, I wasn't giving them the tools that they needed to figure out a better strategy. So I'm trying to now manage that and being a bit vaguer with some of my coaching, which is a real hard thing to do. Yeah, so you're handing over responsibility for them. Yeah. And then they have to figure it out. So people are like, so what do you want me to do? And I'm like, hmm. I'm just going to say the same thing again. And then you have to let people mess it up and all that. So they learn the lesson. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. And the coach, because you just want to fix everything. Uh, yeah, I just want everything to be perfect all the time. And it's not. <laughs> it's so not and then setting up a business with you in the background at the minute and a mentorship on the side and all these things so i'm working and then working and then working and then trying to be really present at home and not have emotional breakdowns every day but it's not always happening that's yeah that gets tough um trying to get back into training like all the things it's and it's this but you've been training 
like when you are training you're training well right yeah but i'm doing it so infrequently and it's like it's just that balance of i'm i'm struggling to hold myself to that standard and i'm just finding it easier to go yeah maybe not today mm. and it's not the best thing and i've been going for it i said this last week i've been going for walks and doing meditation and that stuff instead and there's days where that's what i need and then there's other days where i'm like oh, i just need to fucking go train because you've done my class the last three mondays or something yeah. you've nuked yourself for the last like yeah every day. that's probably the problem you're the issue <laughs> <laughs> you you get into my head whenever you're coaching me like in the best way possible but I I, I'm, I'm watching going jesus that's yeah, yeah it's, but then it fucks me for the week i reckon just yeah, like emotionally yeah. i'm like I can't do that two more times and try and do all this other stuff that I'm doing. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out a balance with that. I, I had intentions this week on Monday of holding back a little bit again, and I didn't. I did you a didn't. pause squat. You ever pause on the way up in a squat? <laughs> Terrible idea. Like right at the edge of my limit. So there was that. I was like, and then in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, this is what you said you wanted to do this year. So pucker up. <laughs> so you're spinning plates. I am spinning plates, and I'm furiously trying to keep the ball spinning <laughs> barely yeah very good right Gillian what's going on how's life oh do you want to get into this <laughs> I'm not sure is this a risky <laughs> question to ask you um so I I feel like I haven't been on the podcast in about 600 years um so great to be back uh but I'd say since the last time I've been on the podcast we've gone through a lot of transitions in my role in Bua um there was a point where I was technically kind of managing three gyms at one time. I'm now, I'm now down to two. So I'm celebrating NACE. I'm coaching in NACE. And it's been, the start of that was very, very stressful. Um, so I took a week off last week. And I feel like I'm kind of starting to settle back down a little bit. Like the plate spinning thing is, James, I can't do this when you have camera front. <laughs> You're the, you're the first person to actually mention that the camera know, is can't. on in the middle of it. Um, but the, the plate spinning thing was was a real thing. And my training basically just went into the toilet for about three or four weeks. There was, I think in a two-week period, I got three training sessions in. Then the following week, I got six. So it was like, it was up and down and up and down. I think I'm starting to settle back down into a bit of a routine. Um it was also the transition out of Santry, which is yeah. a hard transition. Yeah, that you're was transitioning hard. Into that was something. really, really hard. You have to leave yeah. something behind. That's tricky. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's been a there's been a lot the last like say two months even. Um but I sat down on Monday and I spent an hour going through my Google calendar and scheduling stuff. And this week I feel like I might be on top of things. Maybe. <laughs> We'll see how long it lasts because Pa's going on holidays next week, so it's ruined my schedule. But <laughs> but in theory, it's it's starting to settle down, and I'm loving coaching in Ace at the minute. There's there's some of the newer members, and I'm say I've been there for two or three months now, but I'm starting to really see a lot of progress with them, and everyone's talking about it, like the way they're moving. I posted an Instagram last night of Jackie and her doing toes strings i'm like she's been doing crossfit for three months like not a long period of time at all she moves so well and there's it's like the half six crew they're they're starting to come together now and like stuff like that is just it's so good to see it's like it's all starting to pay off a little bit oh, so, that's cool yeah, some so energy really really good yeah daddy and you have some new artwork on your arm I do, yeah. I I flew to Poland and got a tattoo, um, and I haven't I haven't gone home to my mother since. I'm a voyager <laughs> like the plague. Oh yeah, she's not a fan of she's tattoos. She's not. No, she has used the phrase before, and this is like a really funny inside joke with this. She's used the phrase and coined it. We are not a tattoo family. Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I haven't been home, <laughs> avoiding her. Because it's not like inconspicuous. It, it's not small. <laughs> no, it's it's kind of big. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, that was so. I I went to Poland for five days, and the first, the second day I was there, I had booked this like tattoo appointment, and I was kind of like, oh, I'm gonna, I was like, I'm gonna go to a CrossFit gym, so I'll figure out stuff to do in the area, and then I'm gonna go get like I'll be getting the tattoo, so I'll be able to chat to the tattoo artist who's sticking needles in my arm for five hours, and he'll tell me loads of stuff to do. He didn't have a single word of English. So oh. the whole and then thing. and then you couldn't really do anything because you had to tattoo. Yeah, so it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it oh, was good. A, it, a win for planning. A very big win for planning. <laughs> I didn't have Jose beside me planning my holiday this time. Okay. So, yeah. 
Okay, very good. Yeah, so mixed, it's all happening, right? Mixed bag, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm the same. I'm spinning plates at the moment. We got filthy on fifty in a couple of weeks. Is it something <laughs> like a couple of weeks? Yeah. Uh, we just finished the qualifier. We just finished all the game days. Yeah. And um, as filthy one fifty approaches every year, it's definitely like it just ramps up out of nowhere really, really fast. Yeah. So we're in the middle of just finalizing all of the little organizational teams, like the equipment team and the judging team, the all of the heads of departments. We're doing all of those calls. So it's all ramping up. It's all going to be here and gone in a, in a three weeks' time. So That's uh, mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. Uh, but it's the same every year. And we're 10 years doing it. So over the years, you do get uh, you do get confidence. And we know what we're doing here. We know what we're doing there. But it's still... it's like People are asking me this week, so are you all set for filthy? It's like a common question I get asked. And I th- th- <laughs> never, not until the night before. Well, no, you're never set. You're never <laughs> done. You could organize literally for the rest of my life and you still have other things to do. It just arrives and then you've done what you've done and you do everything else on the weekend. Um, yeah, but one of my favorite parts was last year. It was almost exclusively run by like BUA members. There was probably a few more non-BUA members in the judging team but the rest of the team was nearly all BUA and the same this year which means that everyone you go to you know them it's such a nice thing it's such a um, it feels like it's almost come full circle back to the first edition of it where it's about at the the heart of it it's about the community which is always that overused word that kind of loses all real punch but really is this time um we we had like a big superstar athlete like matt fraser coming over um and that fell through last minute so we didn't have time to replace that so in some ways like i'm really gutted about that because that's always the bit of fun that gets added on top of the great competition but this other side of it is it almost clears the way back to okay let's run a great event for everybody this means that if you're first ever competition you've got a place on the floor if you're M. McQuaid, you got a place on the floor and everything in between. That's what it's all about. It's mm. always been about bringing people together for a good day. The Filthy 150 was my first ever competition. I didn't even know you back then. Yeah, it's ama- and, and I hear that over the years. I've heard that so many times. It's like the, the biggest event is, for a lot of people, is their first event, which is crazy to think. Um, and that's what I love about it because you've got those first timers on the floor and you've got games athletes on the floor. And um, the, like, the fun of it is, can we can we draw up a competition that serves everybody all at the same time without having 16 different divisions? Because that's that's the easiest way to do it. Let's segment everyone into their boxes. The challenge for us every year is can we do one block of competition like the Open and everyone can get involved and everyone gets tested and everyone can have a good day. That's the most important thing. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to settling into that vibe of it. We're filming workouts this morning. I'm going to be putting them out this week. Like it's just all like, yeah, yeah, plate spinning. And then outside of Filthy 150, Boo was flying. Uh, we've had a lot of shifting around transitions and that's settling this week. Um, we've also, as you mentioned, James, myself and yourself are launching a new project on the side. Vi is actually ramping back up pretty fast in the background as well. Over, over the summer, there was a few distractions and it was been working away, but we're working on something new there as well. And that's about to kick off. So it's full on. There's not much else happening for me, only work at the moment, but a lot of excitement. So can't complain. And I'm managing to get some training done as well. So I can't complain too much. So happy days. That's life, everybody. As you can hear, it's a busy time, but it's the same for everybody. I think that's what modern life is, right? So um, yeah, you ask anyone these days to say busy, but sure, that's that's the way we want it. Let's talk programming. Let's look ahead in the next seven days. Right. So what I've asked you to look into is what's the workout that you think you'll gain most progress from personally in the next seven days? So what's the thing you look at and say, That's, there's a lot there for me if I go and do it. Uh, James, let's go first. Uh, this is probably one of the hardest programming questions you've asked in a long time. Do you know that? Why? Uh, I don't know, because I'm, I'm looking at it from a... a from an athlete lens but I can't quite switch off full coach mode so I'm like yeah I'll get this and that and I'll get that and that and, and I'm like I can justify I could sorry I could argue that I get two to three things out of at least every class 
So I'm like, where's the one that's like the the most significant? Because there's the one where I'm like, Friday's workout, which is the heavy hand cleans. I'm like, that's the one where I'm going to get the most progress that I want. Uh, like that's the feeding the ego one. But I look at one where I'll get the progress that I need and it's definitely Tuesday. Just the four rounds each for time. So, sorry, talk us through it then. Four rounds each for time. You go every six minutes. It's seven pull-ups, six double dumbbell devil's press, five pull-ups, four devil's press, and then three pull-ups. And it's uh, we recorded the podcast on this yesterday. So it's all about speed, and it's all about trying to get pull-ups ready for Fran specifically. It's like, I have a really good Fran time in the past that I've not got anywhere near since, but I'd actually love to get really close to it again. But I know how good my gymnastics has to get for that because for me it's not the thruster it's the pull up and that's what fell apart on Jackie as well I did 25 butterfly ones and then I had to do five really big the biggest kips I've ever done kipping ones at the end so I'm like oh I need to get that speed and endurance back on these and that's where this comes in they're just going to be under so much pressure I just know come the fourth round that set of five pull ups in the middle is going to eat me alive yeah that's full attack mode that one isn't full it attack mode. seven six five four three and you just blast it yeah because it's such a small volume so the intensity is like yeah that's where you get the, the stimulus through from. the roof yeah so yeah. that's the one where i think i'll get the most progress lovely okay jillian what are you thinking for the next seven days um now that james has talked about that i kind of think that one too but <laughs> when i when i looked at it initially um what i need right now is more fitness like I, I need the gymnastics I always will I always do but right now I don't feel very fit and I would like to feel fit again so I'm looking at Sunday there is an 18 minute EMOM with one minute it's calories on the bike and then the next minute there is a lot of dumbbell snatches so it's pretty non-stop for the 18 minutes and if you I feel like if you dial in on it I can get really fit in it and I might do like the men's calories instead of the women's calories but I'm like 18 minutes of just solid breathing is probably what i need the most and you see the rep scheme the dumbbell snatch just start on 18 and then they go 16 14 yeah 12 12 and they go back up yeah 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 so, so at the as end, you get more tired it gets worse yeah yeah, yeah i think yeah. That, that's going to be an interesting one yeah because uh, you will get a little bit of rest in between them just enough to get to the dumbbell take a breath and go again yeah yeah and and for me i was it was a toss-up between that and thursday tomorrow because i need the exact same thing i need to breathe a lot tomorrow mm -hmm yeah i looked at tomorrow as well there's i no like i like the look of it yeah so there's it's one of these workouts we've got 60 push press to get through for time but easy peasy easy peasy <laughs> but we've got this small matter of every three minutes we've got work to do before we get to do some push press so we've got to do 15 12 calorie row 10 box jump overs then 10 box step overs then you get to work on the barbell for the rest of the three minutes chip away at the that's 60 rep total and then on the three minute mark we're off again on the row box jump over box step over then back to the mm -hmm. barbell and i know when programming this i know how it feels it, there's nowhere to hide like as soon yeah. as one thing is done you're back to the yeah. next thing yeah, yeah. and you're in this cardio prison no getting out <laughs> of it you can't afford to rest because you'll never get back to the barbell this time so you can't chip away at the total so you're never going to get done so you got to get done you got to get working and i badly need that mm. at the moment as well so that's the one for me if you want overall conditioning cardio thursday is going to be absolutely on fire i think i just need to train every day <laughs> i just i just won't skip any days ever again good idea i'm gonna do what a fabio does 100 days in a row yeah well that'll <laughs> that will also do it okay right that's the program coming up um it's this this uh quarter already feels like a big gear shift from the last one feels different doesn't it like it's not just continuation with slightly different targets it feels like the whole style of training has changed from a programming when i sit down to write it there's a freshness to it for me it's like oh this is a whole different category of workouts. why do you doing. think that is yeah it's a good question i think i i spent quite a bit of time on picking the game day performance markers this time it was the hardest one to choose and it wasn't just what would we like to get good at it was also I had to really consider if we if we're training for Fran, what does the training look like? If we train for squat clean, what would it look like? So we we probably went a layer deeper on just planning that to make sure that it is it's a 
different style of training that's required. So therefore it forces the programming a different route and we get this exposure to a different style of stimulus. So um, yeah, I think the, the last quarter was, like as we said, we set the bar very high in terms of skill, strength, like coordination, mobility, everything was very, very difficult. This time, I think the ceiling is a little lower in terms of the, some areas. But in other ways, it's more accessible. I think we need to be fitter, we need to be stronger, we need to be more powerful. So we get to work on the, the raw materials of fitness a bit more. You took the words out of my mouth. It feels a bit more um, almost classic CrossFit, like squat clean, Fran, double unders and wall walks. It's like real old school, but if you can do all these things, you're a fucking monster. An absolute monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun already. So yeah, I'm, I'm delighted. I think it's the right thing. Um, and I think by Christmas, everyone's going to be in a different place. Okay, well, let's talk events. We just had um, a BUA qualifier for Filthy 150. And this, as I keep saying, it's one of my favorite events, if not my favorite event of the year of the year, because it's so in-house. We all know each other. Yeah, it was really fun. Wasn't it fun? Yeah, it was good. And it's this feeling that everyone's there to compete. So they're there to actually put their best foot forward and climb the leaderboard. But then on the other hand, it's not that edgy full of pricks competitions <laughs> like you know competitions can be like that you know like everybody's there with, and they have different strategies for competition day there some people are peacocking some people are a mm. bit quiet some people are edgy and it can be like a not the nicest environment to be walking around in whereas in-house it felt like a lot of that just got dialed down people are mm. a bit nervous they are like oh jesus how am i going to do that workout what am I, i'm going to fail this one but yeah at the same time um it was people were friends. What was the biggest difference that you noticed between that and the two game days that we've had? Because it's a similar sort of structure, right? Where it's like, here's a workout, you get warmed up and go perform and do the thing. There's that side of it, but then there's the side of it this time where we're very much like, oh, this is a competition and you're trying to win. You're trying to win, yeah. yeah. And I think that's a great question. I, I, what this qualifier competition showed me was that we're actually getting it right on game day because I, it felt very different. People were there to perform, but they were there to compete. And game day was always, how do we get this performance marker without it turning into a competition? And it, it felt very different. It was great. It didn't feel um, like it didn't feel overly competitive, yeah. which is good, but it did feel competitive, whereas game days, they don't. It feels like people are in their own zone, blinkers on, doing it for themselves. Which is exactly what we encourage and want to happen. Yeah. So that was the difference. Um, but I still like competition days. Like, uh, like it's part of what attracted me to the whole thing is why I was like, I was a competitive coach for a long time and I went to everything with athletes trying to go and get wins and podiums. Um, and I don't do that anywhere near as much as I used to, like barely at all. But I get to do it on a day like this. It's so much fun. Uh, you were here, Gillian, though. I was, yes. Yeah, the vibe was good, right? It was great, yeah. There was a lot of support. Yeah, it was so. And even just seeing, I think the fact that the workouts didn't get released ahead of it was, because uh, I, I had a lot of people messaging me being like, what are the workouts? I was like, I was like, I'm on holidays. I have no idea. I actually hadn't a clue until the day. But there was a lot of people that arrived and were like, I'm thinking of like Tasha Barrett. She had said when she got here, she was like, if I had seen the workout with muscle ups, I wouldn't have turned up. And she got her first two muscle ups that day. It was like there was there was so much like the atmosphere was incredible. People were doing things they never would have done if they had seen it in advance. So I think not releasing them was the right call. Um, and it, it changed the day a little bit as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think one of the big differences with game day is we have full control over the version we decide to do. We yeah. can come up and say, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to scale this back. I'm going to do something that I can put on a performance I can be happy with. Competition days, you're faced with a challenge and it's very defined and you have to figure out how am I going to best deal with the challenge. It is like there wasn't really scaling options. Some yeah. people did scale some things, yeah. that's fine. But it's, it's more like, okay, I've got a problem. How am I going to solve it or not? Yeah. And you come away with either having solved the problem like Tasha did. She mm -hmm. got her muscle-ups, which is amazing. Or else I didn't get one. And that's something that's going to fuel my training going forward. It's a bit of a harder 
confrontational type of event yeah, from that point and, of view. And I'm thinking of a couple of people who had that version of it, but they left and have talked to me since and they're like, okay, so we need to get working on this, this and this. And I'm like, deadly, like brilliant. Yeah. You know? yeah, And that's what it should do. It should fuel the next bit of progress that you're going to yeah. make. So I, I think overall, um, it's something that we don't want to do a whole ton of, if I'm honest. I'm much more, I'm much happier in the process of improvement than competing with each other. But from time to time, there's value in it. And it brought all five gyms together. Very true. I think that might be, it might second be. Second time, is that what you said to me? This week? first or second time that's happened. High Rocks as well. High we had someone from, yeah. every event, from every gym, yeah. And, and it was very cool. And there were some people who came from other gyms to come and help out, just be volunteers on the day. Mm-hmm. And these things don't run without volunteers yeah. and the volunteer team were amazing. So it was, it was, it really felt like a community effort, which was absolutely brilliant. Um, and I, I actually said to the crowd afterwards, we're still settling into being a multi-gym. Mm, I, I was just going to say, I'm like, I think that at the end with everyone sitting down was my favorite bit of it. It was just so lovely. Like, yeah, but people really, uh, responded and, and really uh i could feel them all congratulating each other for their day like yeah. thanks for helping yeah thanks for supporting me uh well done on your your workouts it was really cool and it was that feeling of uh this is yeah this is turned into something mm-hmm. it's not just my 5 p.m class it's my whole gym and it's not only my whole gym it's all the gyms yeah, yeah so yeah. it's kind of cool that way yeah so well done to everyone who competed and thanks to everyone who helped um, and good luck to all the people who are going to be competing at Filthy in a couple of weeks. And again, if you're, um, I know our, a lot of people signed up for the volunteer, so uh, we should have a great few days over there. Right, lads. We're going to move on and we're going to talk about, we have our usual Jose question, which turns into a member question, which turns into a Jamie question. And then this week we said we discuss a podcast. Isn't that right? You're the only one who's listened to it. <laughs> Yes. In my defense, I tried to listen to it. I just clicked the wrong thing. You clicked the wrong thing, yes. So I came into the office this morning <laughs> and um, I'd sent the podcast, which is on, a, it's actually lives on a meditation app. Yeah. Um, and the meditation app has other things like little lessons, like little poetry things. Like it has a various different episodes on it that are not just meditation. And Jamie's been trying to get me to pay for this app for about a year now. And he finally was like, oh, you have to listen to this before the podcast. Smart move. Yes. Yeah. So and then you listened to the wrong thing. I yep. came into the office <laughs> and I walked in on Gillian and Amy in mid meditation. I ruined <laughs> everything. Yeah, we had to stop. They had to stop. Yeah actually yeah, isn't yeah. that surprising but, James? so so i tried twice right because you, you sent it to me and then when i was driving in i was like you were like oh if you have a spare 10 minutes i was like i have an hour in the car i'll do it then and then i started listening to it but i was listening to the wrong episode i was listening to the first episode not the third one and i started driving and i was like i think 40 seconds in it was like now close your eyes <laughs> and i was like i was like okay not appropriate for this this situation so i tried twice i failed miserably so i so I'll give you a quick summary because it's one of those interesting ideas and I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on it. And it's a part of a small series called Time Management for Mortals. And uh, I, I said, okay, I need this. I'm spinning a lot of plates. And it turns out the guy, the guy is the complete opposite to what I thought it was going to be, like literally the opposite. He was a time management guru. He was like life hacks. Let's get efficiency, efficiency. Let's get squeeze as much into our life as possible. He was that guy for a long time. And now he swung the opposite end. And in his endeavor to become more efficient, to fit more in, I think he became aware that no matter how hard he tried, he was never going to fit everything in. And us not or us trying to fit everything in so hard is us not facing what he calls our finitude, the fact that we're going to die someday. Like we have to face our own mortality. And when we when we realize that there's so much to be done or could be done in this world at the moment, the way it's set up, there's so much available to us. When we face the fact that we can't get everything done, we're really facing the fact that we are finite beings. And it's a very hard thing for us to do. So he then goes on this, takes it on this journey where he's discussing um, letting go of 
so many things that we cling on to, like to-do lists. He's like, your to-do list is never getting done. And he spends 20 minutes talking, convincing me why my to-do list is futile. I need to abandon it. And I mean, so now he has me doing something like, um, he has two to-do lists. We call it an open one and a closed one. And he's saying that if you add something to a to-do list, you're almost guaranteed that there is items on it that you'll never get done. So therefore, you need to have some acceptance of that. So if you have two, you have an open one, a closed one, you only put on the closed ones what you actually really definitely 100% really want to get done. And then everything else goes on the open one. And then you have to accept that 100% definitely never getting those things done, which is the move. That's the move that, that for me, like changed everything. I was like, okay, deadly. Because I always have this to-do list, partly in my head, partly on my laptop, partly on my phone, partly in Elaine's head. <laughs> and and I like, there's not a fucking hope. And I, I often go back to a to-do list and I read through it and I go, oh yeah, there's there's eight things that no longer need to get done. Like, because the time has passed, I was trying to get them done before the thing, I didn't get them done and nothing bad happened. It's okay. So therefore, now I add, I have this open to-do list where I'm like, yes, I need to do that. I'm never getting to it. It's such a pressure release. It seems irresponsible at first. Because you're like, but I actually do need to get it done. Like, it is an important thing. But I also know I have to live with the fact I probably won't. So let's accept. I'm definitely not. I have a limit of eight things on my clothes to-do list. That's all that can go on it. I was just going to ask, like, do you have an app that you use for your to-do lists? Yes. W what is it? It's Tasks. <laughs> oh, it's just like on your phone? No, it's, yeah, it's the Google Tasks. It's, okay. a, it's associated with the whole Google fucking thing, that awful Google Meet, Google Gmail, okay. all that thing. It's one of those, it's, it's one of the tools on it. Okay. Right. But eight things are all I'm allowed to do. Everything else has to go and do other thing. And if I get three things off my actual to-do list, then I get to go over to the other thing and say, actually, I can, I can pick that and put it, now I'm actually gonna do the thing. But until that moment, I have to just say, never happening. Never getting that driver's license, whatever it is that I really need to get, or you know, I need to tax the car, I'm not gonna tax the car. I have to accept that. <laughs> The police might come and take my that's, car. That's been on my to-do list yeah. for three months. So exactly, I'm gonna accept the police might take it because I know it's it's never gonna rise to the point where it's more important than making sure I have a judge in place on the floor of Building 150 in two weeks' time, because that would be a complete disaster. So at that point, then I can let go of some of the that background anxiety that never goes away with the background thing that never is getting done so i thought uh so that was one of the most most valuable pieces of this but the other piece the bit that i actually sent for you to listen to <laughs> he talks for 10 minutes about fomo the fear of missing out it's a new relatively new but very uh ubiquitous thing in society fear of missing out because we have this feeling that there's this thing over there that i should or want to go to and I, I think I'm going to miss out on it. I, I feel it all the time, all, every day. Yeah, Yeah, me too. Like myself and yourself, James, we talked about going to the Rugby World Cup. And I had that feeling all the way up. Like, it's happening. It's right in France, my favorite country. It's right there. We're playing really well. How can I miss out on this? Yeah. And But yet I had this feeling, I don't think I'm going yeah, to get my shit together to do it. At some point, I need to let that go. I'm still in the back of my mind going, maybe if we get to a semi. I'll just I'm like that now with the Lions tour in 2025. Go to Australia. To Australia, yeah. Because I'm getting the emails. It's like 300 euro deposit. Secure your spot. Guarantee your flights and accommodation. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. And I was like, I can't justify a fucking six-week break in Australia to go watch some rugby from family, from work. For, like, no like, way. Yeah, it's fantasy. Yeah. It's absolute fantasy. It for for me right now, it is. Right? So, yeah. so um, this guy talks instead of a fear of missing out, he says the JOMO, the joy of missing out. And he's completely turning it around. And uh, his rationale here is there are so many things that you actually want to do and will actually do if you just let go of the fantasy of all of these things that you're never going to do. So, I started like a simple one. I'm never buying a private jet or a yacht. <laughs> I'm gonna let that go. 
start. Yeah, it's a good start, right? Because at, like that's never going to happen for me. And I have to just say, that's a defined thing. It's an easy one. But someone said to me recently, we're talking to Connor Moore and he's going to South America for six months doing this amazing thing. He's like, this is my chance to go and do it. He's going to actually go and do it. Amazing. And he was talking about Southeast. I said, why South America? He's like, Southeast Asia, everyone does that. I'm going to do something different. Very cool. And I was like, yeah, maybe I'll never get to Asia. That was the first time it occurred to me because I don't have a draw to it even though I thought I'm going to get to see everywhere. But then you realize I'm not going to get to see everywhere. Like I'm not going to get to see probably Mongolia, which would be amazing to see. But where does it fit if I can't even get to France? Where does it fit right now? So it's not that it might not be reignited later in my life, but if I let go of that now and let go of all of these uh, things that float around the ether, maybe I'll actually get to do the thing. Like I want to go and buy a motorbike. To do that, I need to go and do a bike license. To do that, I need to go and do the theory test, which has been on my to-do list for 18 months. Mm. <laughs> it would be nice if I got rid of some other things where that could end up on my cl closed to-do list. I actually go and do it. Myself and Miguel are going to start the Boo Bikers Club, and we're going to go across Europe on the bike. Another fantasy. But I think that one for me, that's it's has, more realistic. That's real. That's like, oh, I, actually, I could see myself cutting out a week of my life for that and then it starts pulling those things closer to me mm. rather than running around with the yacht and the you know the trip to bali that i'm never going to take do you do that down to so that that's the extreme side of it right it's like fuck off to southeast asia for six weeks and do the holiday or whatever but do you do it down to the minutia then of like someone comes to you and says here i want to do this thing and you're like oh yeah that sounds really good but no like are you getting to that point with it or is it still kind of in the clouds airy fairy so, stuff? so uh, yeah i'm i'm working my way towards the the really important stuff like yeah. where am i actually going to say no to things that i really want to do yeah that are that are right in front of me right now like we're starting this venture right this thing that is right at the edge of what can fit into my life right now i know that nothing else will fit <laughs> But I like, but I got a phone call this morning from somebody who was like, "I want to, I want an investor in this new project in Mallorca. You should get on board." And I'm like, when I hear, it, I'm like, "Yeah, Bua Mallorca sounds <laughs> amazing to me. It sounds amazing to everyone, right?" But then, then I go, uh, "Come on now, come on now, come on now. I'll, let's I'll move. <laughs> I'll go." <laughs> but let's be real about it and and start like that's where I think it starts becoming really valuable where you can start getting the really real things that you could say or no, yes or no to right now and learning to say no. But I think it starts with letting go of the big silly stuff that you don't ever really want to do. Anyway. Have you noticed that you've done it in places subconsciously already, like in the past? Cause I, I know I definitely have, like I have mates from home that just don't talk to you. like minus big weddings. And even that there's a couple of weddings coming up I'm just like, I'm not going to that because I'm invited to like the evening do or whatever it is. I'm not traveling 300 kilometers for a four hour thing. It's just not yeah, worth it. And it's almost a decision to let the relationship go. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've I been through the, that phase. Yeah. And I know the wedding would be good crack and I know I'd have so much fun and I know and I know and I know. And I'm just like, nope. Yeah, I've been through that. Yeah, where I've had to let go of things that are like not serving me anymore. And it's actually a stress constantly that I'm not putting anything into that relationship anymore i have to move on from it and i have to say my life has x amount of years left i need to decide what i want to do with it so have you got so you said the motorcycle thing yep is there anything else that you're like no no that does have to go on the the dream list or the bucket list or whatever uh nothing so defined right now uh unfortunately i'm really disappointed i know i thought you were going to have something really exciting there I'll have something in a few episodes. Let me think <laughs> about it. I haven't, because I am up in the clouds at the moment with yeah. it. It's a new idea for me, this, right? And I am excited about it. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to start discarding things. Mm. And hopefully I'll end up with a collection of things that I can actually look forward to going and doing because I'm going to yeah. go work towards them. Me and Jill sat down and did, my Jill, yeah. my fiance, sat down and did this maybe a year, we were on holidays last year. And we started writing like a 40 before 40 list. 
No, she's a couple of years older than me, so we went before my 40th, not before hers, <laughs> to give us a bit of space. But we got about 15 in. And then I was like, we were saying other things, and it started getting a bit fucking... Let's do a tour starting in the We're going to go on a submarine. Yeah, and we'll finish in Alaska. And I was like, we're never... No, nonsense. So we ended up actually going... I think we got it to about 20, and then we stripped it back, and we have over 10. And then there's 10 things were on that list that we want to do basically in the next eight years. It's like, that's we can do that. And it's little things like... Uh, our our both our favorite wine is from Bordeaux in France. We've got to that stage now. We that's the snobbiest type. And it's like well, we need to go to Bordeaux. If Elaine was here right now, yeah, full wanky, hundred <laughs> percent. And here, I have no issues with it because it's so good. But it's like we know we have our favorite um, chateau that makes wine. And it's like we need to go there and do a wine taste in there. Like that's that it's sounds like on it's the list now. Yeah, and it's like that would be such an amazing experience. So we buy these bottles every week to go there and try all the different variations they have like that's there but going to south africa and doing the same thing not on the list yeah. it would be a nice to have but it's just not gonna happen what about you julian have you got something on your list that you're like i'm definitely want to do in the next 10 years a big thing yeah i've and there's stuff that you're like definitely not gonna happen <laughs> i'm like i've had a trip to bali on my list for i'd say four years now and it it's just it's not feasible right now, but I think it will become feasible in the future because it's not, it's not a trip that you can do for like a week or two weeks. It kind of has to be, I would say, four minimum. Um, so that's, it's been living on my list and every single year at the start of the year when I do a list of goals, it's like get to Bali this year, has been on it for like four years. So that's, that's the biggest one that's come to my head. Nice. Um, but I, I do think it's, it's definitely possible. Yeah. I think it's important to have one of the, a few of those big things to work towards. Mm. I'm going to work very hard and then I'm going to do the thing or get the thing I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. One of my favorite parts of that whole thing, just to finish on it, um, the guy said that why it's important to do anything. And he said, imagine if you were living forever, if you knew you were living forever, there'd be no imperative to go and do anything because you know you're going to get to everything at some point. I'm going to get to everything. So why is there a rush to do it today? I'm going to get to everything. And then therefore, maybe life might become a bit vacuous, a bit meaningless, and a bit, mm. you'd be like, I'll just do nothing today because I know eventually I'm going to get to everything. And the fact that we're going to definitely die is the reason where we get to have the joy. I'm going to miss out on all these other things because it means I'm going to get to the things that really matter. And I think that's the key to it. So I thought as a me as a general message, it was a brilliant. It's completely turning my brain inside out. Listen to this guy. It's very short 10-minute episodes. I recommend it. It's on the Waking Up app, and it's time management for mortals. We'll drop a link. Um, I think you can do a, a like a one-month free trial. Yeah, free trial, yeah. Uh, and that's the way to go and do it. I just, sorry, I was Googling this quote. Uh, that just reminded me of a really good quote that says, you have two lives. The second one begins when you realize you only have one. Absolutely absolutely okay daily right so we got deep today now let's let's zoom out and get some recommendations we haven't done this in forever so i'm wondering what are you listening to reading watching jose asked me this on monday he's like any nice podcasts and i was like no then i thought oh yeah i listened to simon sinek i love a bit of simon sinek um and he had a guy called arthur brooks on his podcast and the podcast is called happier ness nice and so this guy has uh written a book with Oprah about happierness. And the general concept is he's like, you're never going to be the, or achieve the level of happiness that you th think you're trying to chase. It's like, I just talk to people all the time. I have this goal, this goal, this goal. I just want to be happy. And what they mean by that is success in some shape or fashion, family and so like whatever it is, they all have their own definitions. And he's like, if you look at it in more of a, like a retrospective kind of way, and you just go, am I happier now than I was then? And you just keep going in that fashion. And anytime you come on hard times or you're spinning loads of plates and you're super stressed, you're like, yeah, but six months ago, would I have jumped at the bit of this now? It's like, yeah, cool, happier. And he's like, just keep chasing the happierness side of it. And it's like, if year on year, day on day, week on week, whatever it is, you're progressing with it, he's like, you're doing it, you're winning. 
was like, oh, this is like a short podcast, but really profound message that kind of helped me go, oh, yeah, this is so exactly it, what I fucking so asked So it for. jumps you back all the time. If I, if I jump back six months to look ahead, yeah. would I be delighted would with I this? Would I be delighted with this? And if you're not, it's like, go do something. Got to go change something. And if you are, it's like, oh, deadly, doing the thing that I said I was going to do, here we are in the midst of it, happier, deadly. Weird how the mind works. It works as a trick, right? Yeah. Right, Jillian, what are you recommending? I'm going to shock everybody. <laughs> I told you this before we started. I'm going to recommend a book oh, that I have read. <laughs> a book? I have read a book in the last week. Uh, so this is a book. Was this um, a holiday book? It was, yeah. Uh, it, now, it's a book, right? The the backstory of it is it's a book, uh, Roisin, um, my housemate landlord friend gave to me uh four months ago she she's she's so i got around to it this week um she gave it to me with a note on the front of it after i was going through a breakup right and the book is everything i know about love by dolly alderton i think is her surname um i, I wouldn't recommend it to you or james i would recommend it to you <laughs> so it's a it's not even fiction it's an autobiography right and I feel like this book has changed my life. Honestly, it's been so, so good for like, I feel like females in their 20s to 30s should read this book. If you're if you're single, if you're in a relationship, anything like that, it's it's got so many ideas. It sounds like she's finding herself and finding her partner for life. But she realizes by the end of the book, she's 30 and she's still single. But the love that she's found has been in her friendships. And like her lifelong friends and it's like there's so many it's so there's so many different parts with that i'm not going to get into now but i'm like like i finished the book i like deleted all my dating apps i was like fuck this shit i was like i'm done i was like i have so much good things in my life and this just has made me realize it, it was amazing so that's my book oh, that's cool that's yeah. very good cool. it's amazing what a book can do right yeah. the right book at the right time yeah can change everything and i got it i was like oh this is why roshan gave it to me four months ago the day that <laughs> i spent eight hours in work crying <laughs> fun times okay that's cool sorry can you give us the name of that one more time everything i know about love dolly alderton okay cool yeah. okay but it's about friendship not relationships more than anything else it's kind of, it's kind of about everything it's really really good okay sounds amazing okay um i've got one quick one and this is going to be a dull one because it's an old movie that's been out forever but i'm going to recommend oppenheimer in the cinema i haven't been to the cinema since sorry to interrupt you went to the cinema i did after our overrated and underrated completely overrated cinema you ch as, as i said on that podcast you changed my mind and i said right it's time to go and do it and this movie's right up my street this is the one to go and see and i caught it in i went to see in blanchestown there's an like you know they have an imax they have this other category of cinema called ice sense and i had these like big lounger chairs, big leather recliners. I was going to say, did you go to a fancy cinema? I had like a of table course. in front. <laughs> yeah, but it was like, so I don't know. Is is how much is the cinema these days? Do you know how much it is? Um, way more, way more expensive than I thought. I went with yeah. me and Roshi went to see that, and it was like fucking thirty quid or something. I was well, disgusted. it was it was seventeen euros. Like cinema ticket, popcorn, and a drink. It was like thirty quid. Yeah. Yeah, because the seat here was 17 quid. It wasn't that expensive. I, like, I was expecting normal cinema to this. And it has, you get your table in front, recliner chair, you get all this leg room. And the, the seats are in doubles, and they're kind of separate. So you're not kind of sharing an armrest with somebody, like, awkwardly. Um, and the cinema experience for that movie, I think it just wouldn't hit at home. At, um, sorry, it wouldn't hit the same at home. The visual and the audio in that movie are just incredible you didn't like it Gillian did you no I I did right I I went to, I went to see because Roshi wanted to go see it um but I liked it but I thought it was too long like it was like three hours long and like they could have done it in two I really Do think they could I learned I learned a lot but I also think because I I don't have much of a like you're very into history and stuff like that whereas I'm not I think I missed a lot of stuff I I finished it with a lot of questions that I didn't I didn't understand all of it, but I did think it was good, but too long. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's the type of movie that for me, it's nice and slow paced and in a subject I really like. So I was really, I was like, yes, I have another hour and a half, 
when I got halfway through because I wanted it to keep going. I wanted them to tell more of the story. I wanted it to develop and develop and develop. So I was really happy that it was that long and I thought really well made movie and uh, I'll, uh, it's one of those ones I'll watch again because I think there were so many conversations in it that I missed. I'm like, uh, I didn't quite catch that. I didn't quite catch that. And I think there's probably layers to it that the second, third viewing you'd actually pick up on. So yeah, I'd recommend it and it'll probably be out of the cinema soon. So if you haven't seen it, and you want to see it, I would go and catch it. Something you said there made me think of the whole joy of missing out thing again. Um, there, I've got into this stuff before in the past, like reading it on Twitter and blogs and stuff about it. But there's like two general camps whenever it comes to books and movies and things. And there's the people who say, once you've seen it or read it, leave it and go find new things. And then there's the other camp of like, find the ones that are, like resonate with you really make you think really make you happy really make you whatever and just keep watching or keep reading them and whenever you said that you're like i'm gonna watch this again and those are my favorite types of movies where you're just like that one again because i started watching reservoir dogs over the weekend oh wow i was like that's a movie i can talk along to that movie and i know the soundtrack because i have the the playlist of the whole soundtrack on my Spotify that I listen to on a regular basis. Yeah. Like, it's just one of those ones that... Yeah, maybe 50 times I've seen that thing. It's unbelievable. But every time you're like, oh... oh of course you haven't. Jillian's never heard of Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> I can't not be judgy as I say that. <laughs> you should watch it. It's so good. Okay, I'll think about it. Maybe. My Jillian hates it. Um, you should watch it in four months. No, I, I'll wait till I get your Gossip Girl and I'll think about it then. <laughs> oh, yeah and and i've heard that i've heard tony robbins saying like castigating people for uh watching re-watching a movie it's like there's too many things in this life why would you watch something you've already watched but i think there's there's a whole different category i'd be the same with uh tinker taylor soldier spy i've watched that a few times and every time i watch it there's something new in it for me love it okay that's recommendations we're going on today so let's get this thing done we have two more things very quick shout out shout out this week i'm gonna just do it straight to it it's from one of our members in Dunlear who showed up at the qualifier on Sunday and did amazing work. And also I've just seen her progress since the open. I was in Dunlear for the open and then saw her competing again. And it was just, there's this, this different level of athleticism, different level of strength and confidence that I just thought there's the process where you get to ju jump forward. And it's Aoife O'Brien. She did so well. I saw her trying to get her first wall walk in the open. And she fought for the whole workout to get it. She got, you know, a millimeter away a thousand times and then got one. And then at the weekend, she was just blasting them out. Mm. Absolutely. Epic. I was going to say, I saw her on Saturday at the Poseidon Games as well. I was up at that and she was flying it. Because I, I think I'd seen her in, I trained in Dunleer a couple of times, like a few months ago. So I'd seen her back then. And like, she's just absolutely flying yeah. at the minute. They're all like, and they're all talking about it. Like some of the Dunleer ones that I'd know a bit more. They're like, oh, she's... Just, she's fine yeah. yeah she's got this uh very quiet determination mm -hmm. somebody just you can see it in her eyes she's like i'm gonna go and get this and she seems to be like a real integral part of that community up there as well it's like she's always in the instagram posts she's always at the competition days yeah. even if she's not competing she's always there supporting people like she's just a real yeah ideal member isn't she absolutely she's brilliant so good job Eva. yeah great job and uh, keep up the good work um okay we've got some overrated underrated Jillian, you're going first. One word now. This is a weird one. <laughs> How do I even say this? Okay, overrated or underrated? Taking a bath. Underrated. All right, James. Underrated. I'm going to say overrated. So who's going first? Jillian, you go first. Um. No, there, there's a there's a part of me that's also so aware that like when you take a bath you're lying in your own dirty bath water <laughs> for an extended period of time very true but it's true and i haven't taken a bath in a long time but there's something just relaxing and like i feel like when you finish something like that it's it's like you've been to a spa and you're like i could take over the world and yeah so you just don't get the same thing from a shower they're too quick okay all right i'm james i'm not convinced there's a way to take a bath. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Elaine was here. I so wish Elaine was here today. You shower first. I have never done that. So you're not dirty. Step one. Then step two, you make sure you have nice music, very relaxing music. 
some sort of candle and some sort of bath bomb or bubble bath as well. You need to get all the things. And that's what makes it a real spa-like experience. And then you do walk out of it relaxed and refreshed and you just rinse off whenever you're done. But you have to do it like that. You have to. You feel I am stunned. A million dollars. <laughs> you feel a million. We're like, me, me and Jill are forever talking about doing something to the house and there's like three things that we have to have in the house as an agreement. Well, first one's not an agreement, but I'm insisting on it. I need a library, some sort of place that I can store all my books and keep buying them. A wine rack, like a big wine rack for lots of red wine and a bath. And we're both on the same page, like a huge big bath that we can, Paige can have, we can have like the works. There's just nothing like the feeling whenever you've had a really relaxing bath after a stressful day or a busy weekend or whatever it is, you just feel like a different person, don't you? Oh man. I, I'm stunned. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, really, I don't, really well, I'm, I am and I'm not, but I'm also like, I, I say taking a bath's underrated. I probably haven't taken a bath in about three years, but like it, but I do see the benefit of it, but I, I'm blown away by the shower before the bath. I've never heard that before. Oh, I've never heard that before yeah. either. It's yeah, so it kind of makes sense though. So I yeah. think it's overrated because I think um, a bath is for it's a it's a cleansing process. You're cleaning yourself. A shower is much more efficient for that job, and I don't want to necessarily luxuriate in a job like that. Now, if I go to a spa, I will go and sit in a jacuzzi, and it is relaxing. That or in like hot tub it's the same thing I don't know it's the same thing yeah so you get to sit in other people's dirt as well yeah. as your own yeah but this just seems like an over elaborate antiquated way of cleaning yourself to me so we have the opposite we have a tiny little house and we have one bathroom upstairs and it's not great for the parents to get up and down the stairs we're going to add on a little box on the back of the house and we're going to put a bathroom downstairs we're also going to move the bathroom upstairs into this little box so we're going to have an upstairs downstairs bathroom basically at the, at the back of the house Right. And so we get to design the bathroom from scratch. The one thing myself and Doreen agree on. No bath. <laughs> no need for it. Just get a, a nice shower. And instead, we're going to do a sauna. A little one person. They're actually really... Yeah, they're cheap, aren't they? They're cheap. Yeah. yeah. And and they actually add something to your life. I think I think that will be like a real utility. I'm actually going to go relax. That's what that's for. And it's good for your health. So... I think the bath for me is here. One there's of nothing these relaxing in a sauna. It's no. the results you get from it. A sauna is stress on the body. The bath is relaxing. I actually relax in a sauna. That just shows how stressed you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go sit in here where it's a hundred degrees. Yeah. Oh, I feel better already. <laughs> yeah, I like concentrating on just staying there. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna beat this heat. I like it. It, it de-stresses me. Um, okay, so taking a bath. It's a so I, I think I'm right, but I think I lose that one two to one. <laughs> okay we've got another odd one let's finish this thing up with um overrated underrated this is <laughs> tying or untying your shoelaces <laughs> overrated overrated i think it's totally underrated jesus i'm the i'm the the contrarian today yeah i'm gonna go first okay we've got a shoe with a mechanism on the front of it for keeping the shoe on your foot. Yep. It's called a shoelace. You yep. tie it and yep. then your shoes stay on. Yes. Your shoes fit you. Simple. I also know that they look really stupid. Every time I tie my shoelaces, as I said to you the other day, James, look, my shoes look like 13-year-olds going to school because they've got a big, big knot and the I've big things. Got, I've got slip-on shoes and, today. Yeah. I don't even have laces on my shoes. Yeah, and you can see from mine, 13-year-old. <laughs> yeah. And I see people with no shoelaces evident, like without the, t the knot tied on Do you remember, the, do you remember the time I got the nobles and we, we changed all the laces about three times? <laughs> yeah. It looks way cooler. I get yeah. that. But also, it's not as comfortable. Let's okay. be honest. Yeah. Okay, so so my turn, right? Mine, mine and James's are different now that I look at James's shoes, who his laces are tucked in. Uh, I do the laces on the outside like you do, the 13-year-old thing. What I, why I think it's overrated is I just don't untie them or tie them to put them on and off my foot. I just put yeah, my foot in. that was in. the other category of it. But that's what I like thought it was, Those yeah. psychos who untie their shoes to put the shoes on and then retie them. That's me every day. 
yeah no i have one pair of shoes that i do that with and it's because they're high tops and i can't get my foot into it if i untie the laces yeah and did you yeah. ever did you ever have a shoelace untie itself as you and then you retie yeah. it and then you've got a tight shoe and a loose shoe it's a nightmare yeah. well i i would say it's i would good. say i untie my shoelaces or i retie my shoelaces maybe once every three months i save so much time so much time <laughs> i get through so much more on my to-do list life hack watch out everybody james yeah, well, Julian said pretty much. I don't have much to add here. Um, uh, I yeah, think, but I be think admitted, yours is a bit of a cool factor. Aesthetically, it looks better with no laces. Yeah, yeah, with Vans, it definitely does. If you tuck the lace in, it looks way better if you have them laced properly because there is a way to do it that I had to YouTube whenever I first started with Vans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not how I normally lace them. It's not how my dad taught me. But yeah, but it's the taking it. Like, I take my shoes off all the time. Like there are, This is the first time I think I've done it constantly varied and I haven't taken them off. But I just always slip my shoes on and off. So if I was to untie them all the time, I'd just spend so much time hunched over tying and untying shoes. Like, fuck that. There's just better things to be doing. This is like, it's like the coffee app thing all over again. Because I agreed with you so much on that. It's like stressing about, oh, I wonder will I get it? Like, doesn't matter. I don't care about a free coffee. I'll pay the three euro for it. I want it. Like, just fucking put your foot in your shoe and then slip your foot out of your shoe again. Stop tying your laces all the time. <laughs> my last thing to add on this is when i notice it the most is whenever we have a day in the gym where you're lifting and people have to put lifters on and the length the people who tie and untie their shoes every time take about four minutes out of the class to go and put I'm, the shoes back I'm on, with you on that. i'm, I'm quick with you on that i'm a 30 second shoe on yeah. shoe off easy peasy but you know, i'm glad we answer the big questions in this yeah. podcast <laughs> we cover the big areas it's such an important one that have a bath and tie your shoes <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we've gone on for ages today. Let's leave it there today.